Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast, the podcast in which Stephen Altrogi, Barnabas Piper, and Ted Cluck cheerfully rant about all the things that don't matter all that much. And now, buckle up for today's episode. Gentlemen, good to be back as always on the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck. They are Barnabas Piper and Ronnie Martin. Um, fellas, how we doing? Doing good. We are, yeah, we're doing, you, we're, doing, we're doing quite well. Guys, you know, what, uh, you know what occurs to me, man? This show is uh, it's so kind of organic. I mean, you, you sit here in the studio and you think, you know, I'm in this elevated place just kind of, kind of above the fray. And uh, I think we learned a couple things, man, last week. And that is that um, this program is all about relationships, man. We learned that homeschooling saves lives. And um, we learned it not only via the review, but then the 900-word essay that followed it. Um, which we retweeted from the Happy Rant uh, which we Twitter retweeted. account. You can, you can read about that. So in, in true kind of reformed guy fashion, you know, uh, an issue really hasn't been discussed until there's been an essay written about it. So is, uh, is that the measure of discussion or does there need to be a counterpoint to the point? Dude, see, ideally – the thing just goes on indefinitely with people right. It's a counterpoint to the counterpoint. The counterpoint to the counterpoint. The counterpoint. So, yeah. so can we like conscript a listener to write the counterpoint? Because I'm pretty sure none of the three of us really want to take that task on. I would like to do that. I would like to commission a listener to uh, to write the counterpoint to that. And you're um, yeah, so if anybody wants to write in and suggest themselves as the counterpoint, yes, pointer, we yeah. will. We will mention you by name, and we will thank you. And uh, and if we ever make Happy Rent T-shirts, you will have one. That, or that maybe was, we should just give away a free book, Pipe. How about yeah, that? we can we can do that. We have all all three of us have have an option we could send, and they could they could pick one perhaps. And I feel like this is a not awkward way to give away a book, right? Because one of the one of our listeners brought this up. Just the the whole idea of. You know, how do you give away a copy of your own book without sort of looking like a, an arrogant douche? And I think uh, I think giving it away on your self-serving podcast is a is a good way to do that because there's yeah. nothing arrogant it's, about it's that. kind of one layer removed from from actually giving it to somebody like i couldn't wrap yeah. one of my books and give it to my siblings as a christmas present and say hey this <laughs> i i saw this and thought of you i saw this yeah. and thought of you here's your whole childhood on the page in- well you know given we're talking about either unbelief or complaining it would really be a bad gift on christmas day for <laughs> it a, really for would a yeah. healthy <laughs> member of the family Al- you know although as a parent uh, giving a book called "Stop Your Complaining" uh, mm. would would be a really good Christmas gift, considering the amount of complaining children do after all the presents are done being opened. It's true. It would be the, it would be the present that they would take home with them and appreciate in the end. Like, yeah, sto- stocking stuffers lead it off, and the <laughs> book about complaining is like the uh, it's, it's the closing credits on the every Christmas kid's dream. Gift. Man. Every kid's and dream. And if you buy Christmas now, you get a free "Stop mm-hmm. Your Complaining" yo-yo. So so let no, me <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Uh, uh-huh. So I recently used Goodreads, you know, this sort of reader nerd social media outlet that I thoroughly enjoy to do a giveaway of of some of my books. Uh, you know, yeah. so it's just like basically entering a drawing so people can enter and, and give it away. Is that a douchey way to give away your books, or is that an acceptable author platformy way to do it? I'm Dude, not I think sure. It's acceptable author platformy, or is it, or is it a- both? Maybe the author platform is inherently a, a bit arrogant. Guys, if we even have to ask what's acceptable, I think it's pretty, you know, I think we can be sure that none of it's really that acceptable. So you just got to be able to lower your standards and start yeah. handing away your books since just somebody's probably muck, not man. doing a great job selling them. All right. Know? And here's, a, here's another question. 
So you know, you know, you go to some coffee shops or whatever, and they have these little like bookshelves where there's the occasional. There's usually like three or four romance novels and a Tom Clancy novel, and like yeah. maybe some leadership <laughs> yeah. book from yeah. 1964. And uh, have you It'll ever? Yeah, Cloca biography. Yes, yes, exactly. Have you? The ever... answer is no. Pipe. We've never put our books on that shelf. Uh, you speak for yourself. I'm asking. I'm asking both of you. And Ted didn't answer. <laughs> no, I never have. But I was. Um, I was actually speaking at a book at a at a publishing conference one time. And uh, left a little time for Q and A. I had a, had a gentleman raise his hand, and um, he wanted to talk about book marketing. And this guy's shtick was: every time he would go to a restaurant, he would just sort of casually bring along a copy of his book and just sort of lay it out on the table, such that um, people walking by would ask him about it, and the waitress would ask him. And he he informed me that he had sold several copies of books that way. Wow. And, so like they, he would say it's yours for ten dollars, and they would say, "Sure, yeah. I'll forego yeah. the tip that you're going to give me." And, and he would uh, say something, take the something book instead, something charming and jaunty, like, "Why, yes, I am the author of." Guys, I think we're. I think what we're looking at here is marketing genius. He sold, dude. It's platform. Was this twos and threes? Was this guy's name Chaz Marriott? That's the real question. His name was actually it was his, his name was Michael Hyatt. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> those no, those are the first ten copies of what is now an enormous platform. What is now an enormous worldwide phenomenon. His yeah. name is J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, if I was a waitress, I might actually buy one of J.K. Rowling's books and then immediately ask for a signature because that would be amazing. Not as long as it's Chaz a J.K. book, because really, if we talk about her post Potter books, it's baffling. Let's what What was her What was her uh, her pseudonym for these other books that she used for a while? I don't even remember, but it was. Ju- yeah, like it did she, not go well. It she tried to write like well a legitimate novel, right? Like a yeah, like a, yeah. one was it? she wrote a mystery novel and then she wrote one that was more like a it was like a town drama kind of novel. And right. I read about a third of that one and I was like, the writing's pretty good, but it's really boring. Right. That's yeah. exactly what my wife said. Good commentary pipe. Yeah. Well, your wife's a genius. So that Absolutely. makes, that makes total sense. It's like our own, uh, our own little book group here. That's that right. Was, Listen into book club, everybody. It's basically yeah. a book club today is all it is. That's really all it is. You know what though? We should, uh, I, I want to get back into this issue of conflict and, and this issue of us just really doing life with our listeners because, uh, Big R, you had a uh, you had a comment off the air when we were just chatting in the green room uh, before oh the program, and um, you felt like there was some tension between yourself and uh, a mutual friend of ours, one um, Mr. Bartizzi, Zach uh, Zach Bartles. Talk about that. Well, you know, Bartizzi, as we like to call him, um, I, I <laughs> caught you know I, I clicked on my phone after an appointment, and I saw yeah. that there was three hundred and twenty seven tweets. Okay. From him to me about some issues that I wasn't entirely really up to speed with. So I thought, like, wow. like Barty, did was there a breakdown between the two of us? Like, mm-hmm. like what's happening with this? Was there a falling out? Is it possible he just had a breakdown? Is it possible that I am the last con? Oh, I mean, oh. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Barty right now. So, or are you trying to? Are you trying to play saint in the relationship? <laughs> hmm? I don't know. I, it's just I was confused. So I'm just saying, hey, Barty, if you're listening, brother, on my end, I mean, it's, it's golden. Like, we're gold, pony boy. We're gold. We're gold, pony boy. <laughs> Folks, nice. that's reconciliation. That's what reconciliation is. Anytime you can slip in a pony boy reference, is it, it, that, that makes for good reconciliation, too. I think, I think that's what does it, right? I think that's what – I think that – yeah, exactly. People feel respected when you call them pony boy? It's they the modern buff. Matthew 18. I mean, it, it really is. It, it, it really contextualizes is. Matthew 18. We're in there. Well, we're nothing if not a conciliatory bunch. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Barnabas, do we have any uh, any business to take care of vis-a-vis uh, sponsors? Is Lim Street still on board, or is that, they, uh, has that ship sailed? Their sponsorship say. has ended. However, if you go back and look at past show notes, you can see all the details. Uh, Lim Street Mobile did, was a great sponsor, and thanks to them. Our sponsor today is, and ha- as it has been, is Resonate Recordings. They are the fine people who help us uh, get this thing chopped up, edited, posted, although we don't really do a lot of chopping up, folks. What you hear is what you get. There's no, we're not pulling anything out unless uh, unless Ted cusses too many times. No um, rules, no boundaries. That's right. It's an, it's an authentic conversation. Um, so Resonate Recordings, you can go to ResonateRecordings.com, find out more about what they do. If, you, if your church is looking at getting sermon audio cleaned up, edited, posted, if you're looking at starting a podcast, or if you're an independent musician uh, and, and looking for the, a studio to work with, they, they do all three of those things. And you can find out more at ResonateRecordings.com. They do excellent work and quick turnaround and have been a pleasure to work with. So thank you to them, and we'll probably talk about them more at the end, but thanks to that sponsor. Excellent, uh, fellas. We got uh, we got some things to tackle today. Um, one of which is uh, we have we have a fan, and we have a fan who I think is that right there is um, news. We have a fan. I know it's huge news, but we have a, a, a fan who I think is overstepping his bounds a little bit. There's a little bit too much familiarity. I feel like um, I, I don't remember the name of the movie about you know the the, the kind of Hollywood stalkers, but I sort of feel like I feel vulnerable in that way. It's you a little know, bit like good. the movie Cable Guy as well. That's mm. it. It was it was cable guy, but uh, yeah, just the the kind of stalkery dynamic within uh, within you know a group of people. But anyway, this guy was uh, was uh, blowing us up uh, on our on our cell phones with uh, with texts and topics. But uh, one of the things that he wanted to talk about was um, Ronda Rousey and girl fighting. Um, so if you follow sports at all, you've probably seen. Uh, that uh, popular female MMA fighter Ronda Rousey was knocked out last week and uh, created a lot of uh, a lot of buzz and a lot of chatter in the sports world. But uh, his question was, uh, how do we feel about girl cage fighting and and would we let uh, our daughters do that? Now I don't have daughters, um, so I'm going to throw that to you guys first, man, for commentary. Ronnie. Yeah, Pipe, why don't you take that? Because <laughs> I just feel like this is so much trouble. This yeah, is so, so much chauvinistic uh, trouble ahead with us yeah. here. I see that big steaming pile, and I'm just going to put my foot in it. Um, I I don't watch I don't watch MMA at all. Period. Right. Uh, I am I follow it from a distance enough to know kind of who some of the key players are at any given time. And I mean, if you if you've spent 15 minutes in the last month watching ESPN, there's a there's a 50 percent chance you've seen something about Ronda Rousey. She has been all over that because she's the most dominant female fighter. Uh, probably in history, mainly because that <clears throat> female fighting has not been around that long. Yeah, kind it? of this like Mike Tysonian figure, yeah. though, in terms of like the fast I mean, knockouts, and she was undefeated. And, yeah, and, and they kind of call her that too, right? They compare her with Tyson, which is really bizarre. Because yeah, she's, I mean, she's a she's a beast in terms yeah. of like in terms of just sheer hitting power. She destroys people. Yeah, um, like persona wise, she kind of had that tough persona, and yeah. you know the whole. Thing. So so. Uh, I I don't have real qualms about females fighting females. Right. I would have an issue if if that crossed gender lines. Like if they tried to do the you know the uh, the battle of the sexes tennis match between who was that uh, Bobby Billie Riggs Jean King and Bobby Riggs is that who it was? Yeah, Bobby Riggs. And I mean, if they did that, and so all of a sudden, like uh, I don't know, pick pick your favorite. Uh, Pick your favorite lightweight male MMA fighter fighting against Ronda Rousey. I would have a real issue with that. 
Why uh, lightweight pipe? Why'd you have to go lightweight? Why do you uh, have to be the lightweight to, MMA fighter? To make to make weight classes fair, because she weighs about 127 pounds or something like that. She's yeah. I just don't know what you're trying to insinuate by that. But. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm calling all female fighters uh, lightweights metaphorically and and uh, literally is what just I was just trying to get at. you in trouble so that I don't. Yes, but some, carry on. Yeah, so that uh, so that uh, our our nice sign off friend Rachel Held Evans will come <laughs> after me. Although I now, never... who do you think would win in a fight between um, between our, our former co-host and Rachel Held Evans? Like a, oh, a cage fight, no MMA cage fight. It's no question. Well, Rachel Held Evans would kill him because yeah. because Stephen would be would be like honor bound not to not to hit a woman. Um, oh right, because right because he was homeschooled. He has you know he has this this honor code, this sort of integrity that. Uh, even the even the squared circle, yes. even the cage could not the unleash. the way the way that it works is that you are allowed to disparage women and look down on them if you come from the very conservative viewpoint, but you may never ever lay a hand on them. So um, that's these that's are, how that works. These are interesting. These are fine, you know, kind of fine tooth distinctions here, Barbara. But you know, that's because he took that hike when he was thirteen up in the mountains, and a group of men like knighted him. Right? That, is that yeah, what happened? Yeah, with, with a with a with Aragorn's sword. That's right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, so the second question, would I let my daughters fight? Um, I, if they were passionately interested in it, I would – I don't know that I would push them straight into MMA, but I would certainly let them do martial arts You know, if they wanted to try yeah. jiu-jitsu or taekwondo or whatever. And if it, if it went that way and then I saw that they were able to uh, make a career out of it, even if it was just a career up until they turned you know, 28 or 30, I wouldn't probably stand between them and doing that. And and I would probably go cheer for them. And let's be honest, it would be way more interesting than going to a ballet recital. No offense to my seven year old who does ballet. But Wow. Okay. Ronnie, your turn. Now that I have now that I have offended uh, everybody who listens to this podcast. Yeah, you just did. Let me just let me just try to bow out of this one gracefully by saying with no uncertainty, I would have never been capable of producing a daughter that would have been drawn to MMA fighting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, and uh, you, you and M. I, I don't think that would have. Uh, not. A, it's literally impossible, impossible. DNA wise. Just not literally a real, impossible. not a real aggressive, combative streak. In no, I mean pretty combative because I, you know, I have this Italian Portuguese background. Yes, but it's all verbal combat. Yeah, nothing physical, <laughs> nothing violent. If they had verbal MMA, then you, you guys would be contenders as well. Oh, I mean, my my entire family fights verbal MMA at every holiday. I mean, that that's what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for white people without sort of Portuguese Italian uh, heritage, it. I feel like we need like passive aggressive MMA. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, before we uh, before we started this podcast, Ronnie came from an elders meeting at his church. That's sort of passive aggressive MMA. Yeah, you know what? Be. I think you nailed that one, Pipe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's accurate. I think I think every I think for every elders meeting that goes on in every uh, you know evangelical church this week, it, it's going to be a form of verbal MMA. Let's be I, honest. I think uh, I think every women's Bible study is <clears throat> like oh, the most God. passive of the passive aggressive um, oh. MMA. Yeah. I mean, see, just, I just think those are straight up aggressive. <laughs> Dude, that's like reality television, yeah, guys. It, Honestly, like you, you don't like, even need TV when your lady is in one of those Bible studies. Like she, the real she comes home on Wednesday the morning the after Southern Baptist Convention or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, she comes home on Wednesday morning after one of those things, and it's just like you know, lay it out there. 
You know, yeah, you get the, just limp, torn limb from limb. <laughs> dude, torn limb from limb, just, you know, kind of flops down on the sofa. Limping, like, <laughs> limping barely into the having house, any bloody. Life left, you know. <laughs> Clothes just torn. Well, the, the like other option is so uplifting for you. The you other know? option is coming in with like a real triumphant look and like picking the flesh of another person out of their teeth with like a <laughs> knife because they just, they were the ones. Yeah, but were, you, in other words, they won. Yeah, exactly. They were the it winners was, that day. Who's they, the winner? They put, They're they the, put the aggressive the in the passive they aggressive. Yep. Yeah, they they destroyed somebody's Dolce and Gabbana glasses and their uh, their coach purse, and it was lovely. Oh yeah, they walk in. You're like, you're the winner. We're having waffles this morning. I mean, that's it right there. Boom. Right. That's right. Well, fellas, we should move on before, uh, like you said, we alienate uh, everyone who's still listening. Uh, got another uh, another interesting uh, fan submitted a topic, and this Barnabas was this the same fan the 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 one who's kind of been stalking us all week. <laughs> It's, Can you confirm that? Remind me of the topic again. My, well, show, my top- show prep has slipped my mind. Yeah, the topic was uh, the director, the film director, M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. And the, the question Stop. was whether or not Shammy can bounce back from some of these uh, disastrous films that he's made of late. Yes. The, and it was sort of an artistic the same. question. Yes, the fan was, was the same. same. And, uh, and in fact, by this time was actually acting like a weird character from – an M Night Shyamalan yeah. movie, so it's yeah, almost like this fan is trying to like kind of produce the show from the shadows, you know, from afar. Yeah, kind of the man behind the curtain, the guy behind the guy behind the guy, as it were. Absolutely. Um, but the que- the question I think is a good one. So you know, if you're in an artistic endeavor, um, like this director, I mean, is there is there a chance for him to bounce back? Is the career over after a couple of? Uh, couple of you know critical and and commercial disasters or is there a future here gosh as a as a massive m night fan i think it's i think movie industry i think they can always bounce back he just needs the movie he just needs to go back to what he did that is most classic um in his arsenal of filmmaking capabilities and that is to, to just do the do the mysterious movie with the unexpected zinger ending Yep. And um, he just has to have the right script, and I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to do it. Nope. I think I think for him to bounce back, and I realize this fan said that I he really only wanted your two opinions, but since I'm on the mic <laughs> and he is not, I will speak my mind. Pipe, you say whatever you want to say right now. You have right. This is a safe place. Okay. Well, I, I feel like in order for Shyamalan, how does it pronounce? Is it Shyamalan? Is that right? Shyamalan. I Shyamalan. Have no okay. Yeah. Well, all right. For him to bounce back, I feel like he might need to go off script, and that's not a bad pun. But like off of his own script, where he had he always did the weird plot twist at the end, because it was to the point where you just went into a movie knowing it's going to be. He sets up this entire framework of things, and then there's a twist at the end. I mean, what was Sixth Sense was his first really big one, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so that that set the tone and then almost every movie thereafter had a big twist at the end. So what if he came out with one that <clears throat> that didn't follow that that pattern? Because maybe the movies that he's made have been flops because people knew the twist was coming and were just kind of disappointed by what it was. No, I follow that logic except he did a couple of movies that were a little he did one that was so bad it was it was after it was called The Happening which Ah. basically had the non-twist twist was and that, it was just was that after everybody had already kind of given up on him so most people would yeah never seen it. and i think you know i think that there's a way i think that there's a way for him to do a compelling you know because to watch an m night movie and there not be a twist it's going to be watching that one uh it, it's going to be watching that one uh, will smith and son film he did a couple of years ago called like earth something 
And um, you just like that's not M Night Shyamalan, you know what I mean? Right. right. Although that's Earth, just not although the title Earth Something sounds Earth very something much like going. an M Night Shyamalan movie. That's got legs. Yeah, I know. I, what, what was that big T? Do you remember? It was called Earth. No, yeah, they, I know, man. I know what you're talking about. I just they, I, they I were, also don't remember. They were the like space rangers who came back to Earth. Yes. And Earth was basically an, an overrun jungle with you know yeah. saber tooth tigers and stuff, right? Yeah, that with one? no twist. Like that was the yeah. twist. Big R, what's your favorite uh, chamois film? Okay, I'm going to get a little controversial right now because technically you're supposed to say if you're if you're not that cool, you say I like Sixth Sense or you liked uh, you know the the you know signs with the aliens or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. like if you're indie guy, you say you like Unbreakable, but I'm I'm gonna I like The Village, man. I really dude. I actually love The Village. I, I I feel like The Village had like major kind of church culture implications in it. Um, Absolutely, and the fact that the twist was kind of a non-twist too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. No, I, I was there that. was there passive aggressive MMA in it? I never saw the village. Just a little bit at the end, pipe. Just okay. a little bit. Yeah. See, yeah, ha- having never seen the village, I really liked Unbreakable, but I didn't. I didn't know until about a year ago that that was an M Night Shyamalan movie. I I watched it because of the people in it and really liked it because I'm I like I tend to like just comic book movies and that kind of thing anyway. I thought I thought uh, the two big ones, Signs and Sixth Sense, were both. I really I really liked Signs at the time. I couldn't stand Sixth Sense. I thought it was heinously boring. Yeah, movie. and you know, Unbreakable was very. When you look at the when you look at the back catalog of M Night, I feel like Unbreakable is the one that feels like it least fits in categorically maybe, speaking. Maybe that's why I liked it because it, yeah. it didn't feel like his. Like, I never would have known, and except except uh, we were, I was talking about comic book movies with somebody and they said that that was a Shyamalan movie and I was like I was very much caught off guard so yeah and I think Ben I think Shyamalan is like it's like watching a Friday the 13th movie it's like you're you're like you want that level of predictability like I need Hmm. I need to know when I watch him night that there's gonna be a twist and he's gonna put it in a place that I'm at least not expecting and so it's like I go there wanting to see you know it'd be like watching a John Hughes movie that wasn't about like yeah. You know, high schools in the eighties, like it just wouldn't feel right. You know, yeah. Like you go but, to it for a certain yeah. reason, I, but he just needs to make the best of what his branding is. So, in other words, like whatever he can do in terms of what he has developed as a brand, man, he just hasn't had the script. I mean, if Judd Apatow can continue to make movies about adults getting high and acting like children, then Shyamalan ought to be able to continue to make movies with the expected unexpected at the end. I mean, Absolutely. you'd think, right? I mean, if 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 if, if if yeah, if it is at all a fair world, we should be able to expect that. Now, Big R, while we're on movies for a minute, um, there's a, a huge uh, bit of movie news. Uh, the movie is is dropping here in a few days on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I assume we have plans in the works to drive to a midway point between uh, Ashland and West Tennessee and watch the film Creed together. I already right? have the tickets booked in Toledo uh, okay. for the 6 p.m. showing on Thanksgiving Day. No, oh, so beautiful will, we'll Toledo. See each other there for sure. You uh, we, you may need to look at a map. I'm not sure that's halfway. No, Toledo is our town, man. We've had so many great business meetings. All right. Well, good. I mean, I'm not going to stand between two friends in their in their movie viewing. I just <laughs> you said halfway, and I'm thinking in my head, Toledo's like a th- maybe a third of the way. I meant halfway in kind of a kind of a meet me halfway across the sky sort of gotcha. sort of way. Okay. You know what? Well, I mean? I mean, Piper just has a handle on geography. I didn't know that. Big he team, does. Did you. Man. Wow. He's a, no, he's a smart guy, though. Yeah, he's right. a real smart guy. Maybe we can uh, hit the, that hotel restaurant and get some more tortilla soup. 
as well. Absolutely. But <laughs> but let's get back to the movie because I, I think our listeners should know. This yeah, is the one. This massive. is the one with uh, with with Rocky training yes. Apollo Creed's son, son, played this by Michael Rocky B. 7. Jordan. Correct. This is Rocky. Yeah, a Rocky Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Big R. Continue, man. You were you were gonna say. I mean, it's Rocky Seven, and again, I, I want the audience to know that I am the least sports-minded person in the world, but I think you mentioned this in one of the earlier uh, podcasts, Big T. I love sports movies, yes. and um, I'm a huge Rocky fan, and, uh, me and me and your love, the love that we both have for each other also extends to that last Rocky movie, doesn't it? Yeah, Called it really Balboa. does, man. Rocky Balboa, yeah, you Which and was, I were I both. think was a great Rocky movie. You know, we were just emotionally kind of brought to our knees by that picture uh, together, and I'm so glad we watched it together because it was a, it was a safe place to kind of get emotional about what was happening. It was, was a safe place, and then when I went on Yahoo yesterday, I also discovered <laughs> that that Sylvester Stallone is getting Oscar nods and oh. hype and buzz already for Creed. Dude, unbelievable! And, and is he not due? I mean, you know, I think what a way to. You know what, what a way, way to, to bring kind of, back 1976. What a way yeah. to bring back 1976, which was only like you know 40 years ago now, and uh, a, a great way to kind of mark the midway point of the series because I'm sure there are going to be five or six more uh, Rocky pictures before I mean, it's all. If said nothing and, else, he deserves like a lifetime achievement awards just for the Rocky movies. Absolutely. I mean, he's absolutely. yes, he has an impressive body of work in terms of quantity of movies and an impressive body just in uh, yes, general. I, and let's I, be yes, honest. That, I was going to just stop at body, it, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he deserves a he deserves a, a lifetime achievement award just for those. Ronnie, I did notice something. Your love of, of sports movies could explain your disinterest in sports. I think there's a lot. I think you just said a lot because those two in the movies, you don't have, actually have to you know bother with the actual sports, and and they in no way resemble the actual sports. There's and they contain something that sports doesn't contain. For me, I'm going to be vulnerable right now, which is romance. Know. Keep romance. digging. Yes, there is. There's a lot of romance, man. Now, I, I will say as a, as a fan of actual sports that, I mean, I think, and in, in Pipe, hear me out on this, I think one of the reasons why we watch actual sports is to get that moment, you know what I mean, that yeah. redemptive kind of romantic moment where the underdog wins or where there's just some kind of signature performance that makes you go, ah, this is why, this, you know, this is why I love the sport. <laughs> and, um, you know, but, but I will say that you have, to, you have to slog through a lot of it to get – uh, to get those glimmers and glimpses. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of water bottles, a lot of dudes in tight pants playing with weird oblong brown balls. Yeah, there's a lot to slog <laughs> through with that to get Folks, to those romantic Ronnie moments. Folks, that's brown balls. Where um. they slap each other on the rear end. There's a lot to get through to get to those moments. Whereas in, in the sports movie, you, you get to see about 12 minutes of sports highlights interspersed yeah. with a lot of a lot of dramatic relational stuff, and I, I, I tend to like movies. I tend to like sports movies. So this is not a, this is not a shot. Just just yes, looking yeah. at the difference and and it, the fact that you have such a passionate uh, connection to sports movies and the exact opposite connection with actual sports just that seemed to fit. I appreciate that. It's a good analogy too. It's a fascinating tension, isn't it? Our uh, our our boy Big R is complicated. He's There's yeah, a he's a, he's a complex and deep human. Appreciate you know who, that. guys? You know who else is complex and deep, man? And I want to I want to introduce this uh, this final segment and 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 really just set the set the table for what will be a recurring segment here on the program. And the segment will be called Drisky Business, uh, in which we do. Can you do your uh, breaking news? Uh, 
song. Dun, 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 Drisky business. Perfect. Bro, that was yeah. beautiful. That was melodic, Big T. Yeah, you know, I've, I've got some, I've got some vocal. You got you know, some vocal chops the there. Works, man. I appreciate. We could talk about it off the air back in the okay. green room, but uh, but anyway, Drisky business is a segment where uh, we do a lot of show prep, and by that I mean one of us looks at Driscoll's website a second or two before we go on the air. And today, I believe that was you, Barnabas, and uh, I want I want yes. you to talk us through what you're seeing there. Okay, so if you go to markdriscoll.org, um, so I'm going to do that right now. It's if you can, if you can keep yourself from smiling when you see this, uh, you're you're a very hard-hearted person. Um, so you <laughs> see, you see at the top it says Pastor Mark Driscoll. Touch of irony, uh-huh. considering he is not the pastor anywhere right now. Um, then you 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 go past this this little uh, navigation bar and you see a picture of a gray-bearded Mark Driscoll kissing his wife uh, on the head. So she's smiling at the camera. He is to profile. He's wearing his his button-down vest. Uh, and uh, signature, and, yes, signature the signature button down vest. And then next to this is the quote, it's all about Jesus, exclamation point. And the attribution is Pastor Mark, again, not a pastor, Pastor Mark, every year since 1995. Wow. Man, that, now this is. That's, that's something. That is something. Yeah. Give us a little commentary on that pipe. What are your What are your initial thoughts? Well, you you know the old. You remember the David Letterman bit? Is this Is this anything or is this something? Where he would have <laughs> he would have people come out and do like stupid human tricks and stuff, and he would decide if this was or was not something. Mm-hmm. This is something, people. That's that yeah. that's what this is. I just. Uh, <clears throat> it's all about Jesus. Every year since 1995. Um, I mean, what happened in '95? I feel like Drisky's about our age. Was that like when he graduated from high school or like? Maybe, I mean, he's, that's when he he's, planted Mars Hill. He's like mid forties. Oh, okay. Is that when he's he, forty? He's forty five. Yeah. Okay. So, so, oh, so he's older than us. Yeah, yeah. He's well. That that's why he can sport the gray beard and the vest because he's right. he's becoming elder statesman now instead of young angry guy. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't know how to say this tactfully, so I guess I'll just skip the tact. Yeah. The all about Jesus thing is is a bit interesting, considering the lengths they went to to make it all about Mark's book sales mm. and other such things. Yeah. So I'll just leave that there, and you can decide whether that's something or not. But it it just struck me as a little bit funny. <laughs> and Hagar, then, what do you think, man? Man, I gosh, the, the Drisky thing has been poured and pawned over. And uh, I've always been a fan, um, not denying that there aren't some some issues there like there are with us and all of us. Yeah. And um, so I, I have a heart for Drisky. And um, so I'm, I, I think it's a really complex issue that I think none of us you know, have, a, have a full handle on, you know, as is the case with all these types of things. But um, yeah, I, I which, think which means the, that we I, ought to write lengthy essays about it because that's what you do when you don't have the full handle on something. Right. I mean, at least <laughs> nine hundred word essays, correct? Right. Yeah. So um, you know, and I think, man, I, it's it's hard to know what to do because I I'm still here's the thing, and maybe you guys feel differently. But let me just say it like this: like I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Drisky. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally rooting, rooting for him. absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean. Absolutely. I still think he's a brother, and I'm still rooting yeah. for him. I have no idea what he's doing in Phoenix right now and all of these types of different moves he's made. Because, again, uh, to live in his shoes and to live in his signature vests, I, I don't yeah. know what that's like. 
maybe but, um, spend but, a day in his vest, and then and then you'll feel differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And so spend it's hard a day to, in his military jacket. <laughs> it's hard to be too glib about it because it I is. feel like I want to I want to see him in person one day, and I want to buy him I want to buy him a little red cup Starbucks, and I want to give there him a hug, go. and I, and I want to just say Drisky, what's up? Like I'm I'm on you know I'm all for you. I'm on Team Drisky. Dude, you, know you want to I mean? feel the artisan you know wool of that vest. You know? Right. If this is Twilight, I'm still Team Drisky. Team Drisky. Nice. I love it, man. Can we get those T-shirts made, Barnabas? Only, only if you want the feminists to hate you. Well, <laughs> they probably already do, given that we're reformed men. You know, big key. Way, way into Drisky. Drisky has not given up his reformdom. He's not really. He's not really like. He's not copped out on doctrine. I mean, it's really interesting yeah. some of the, the the places that he still sort of stands in. What? Give me your take on it, dude. I'm with you, man. I'm fascinated by him, and and I mean, there was a time in my life where I, I listened to a lot of Drisky sermons and and really benefited from that. So yeah, I mean, far be it from me as a as a sinner and as a guy who's done some pretty stupid things, probably worse than what Drisky's done. I mean, far be it for me to cast the first stone. So. Um, well, at, this, I do think, at this point, it wouldn't be the first stone. It'd be you'd be piling yeah. on top of that. <laughs> I'd be piling this, on, this, man. But it, yeah, I mean, I mean it's Stonehenge, think... and you're throwing rocks at it right now. <laughs> Stone? Are we going to do Stonehenge tomorrow? That's my question. But uh, I, I do think the marketing piece is interesting here, Barnabas, and that yes. and that's kind of what you're getting at. With yeah, I'm not you're... questioning his like his heart in this. It's the the marketing presentation. It's sort of, of the, it. the rebrand of Drisky, yes. you know, vis-a-vis, like, like you said, moving from the angry young guy to the elder statesman, you know, the, 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 the pastor label. Um, I don't know. It's all very interesting. And, and because you work in marketing and because, you know, we've been in the book business for so long, like it, it's hard to see any of this stuff as, as genuine. I mean, I think that's the drawback from like, having just been in the business for so long, you, you're always wondering, like, what's the angle? You well, know? Here's the Piper, thing. Feet, Piper, feet in about a comment you just made a minute ago about the fact that he's calling himself a pastor, but he's not pastoring a church. I mean, are we, and I'm just throwing out the question, are, are we getting into semantics, or, do we, or do, we, do we mean that there needs to be a literal church he's pastoring before he can title himself with, with the word pastor? That's an interesting question because are you a pastor if you don't have a church? I mean that's kind of what it comes down to. I, I think people who – pastor is, is as often as not a self-identifying label as mm. opposed to a positional thing. So I yeah. was obviously taking it as a, from a positional standpoint, kind of poking, yeah. poking at that. But I think that if somebody, if somebody was a pastor – and they left their church unwillingly, so maybe they got voted out, maybe they did something wrong and left. Unless you voluntarily leave the ministry, I think you still see yourself as a pastor. Right. So, and it just, to me though, a pastor has a congregation. Right. Because, I mean, by definition, pastor is attached to shepherd, shepherd has a flock. Right. So you're leading a group of people, and he he's maybe leading what? An, in, an, uh, an internet community? I mean, yeah. I feel like the the correct label would be like preacher speaker author none of right. which are disparaging terms but or maybe call, even reverend if he's ordained yeah i mean you can, or doctor if he's earned that but i don't know if he has or not i mean p- pick your title but pastor you have a flock you have a people so that was a little bit strange the other thing that that i can't get my eye off of is this it's all about jesus which goodness sakes i hope is true 
But Pastor Mark, every year since 1995, that seems like Christian passive-aggressive trying to wipe away everything that happened since 1995 that might not have been so pretty. And it, it seems a bit – it's almost like saying, hey, I've always been all about this even when there was all of this controversy right. instead of maybe – and I realize he can't go through the rest of his life being defined by the controversy – but maybe addressing it a little more head on and just saying, hey, this is what we're about now. We've been through some stuff. We've come out on the other side and now we're about something. This this seems to be trying to say almost treat it as if nothing ever happened. That mm. And it at least it feels that way to me. I could be misreading it. Did you know Drisk has never had a, had a problem like with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder though? You know, I mean he almost I guess operates better when that's the case, man. I don't know. So, that, I mean, it's always kind of been a part of the brand, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this whole – the whole website, everything is setting him up to to make a public comeback sometime in the next 18 months. Mm. And, I mean, my sense of things – and I, I was talking to somebody else who, who's kind of works in the Christian speaker sphere. You know, they're kind of helping book speakers yeah. and things like that. And he was saying he thinks it would be best if Driscoll waited another year just to okay. give some more space. I tend yeah. to agree with that. And I'm not – like I don't – and again, this is not saying that Driscoll needs that time for his own soul because I don't know anything about his soul. Yeah. I'm saying because it takes that long for Christians to forget about what they were mad about. Right. And so right. he needs to be at least a little bit removed from that so that he can be received if he was to go be invited to speak at a Catalyst conference or whatever, you know, at some pastor's conference. And I think we can, yeah, and that's good. I think we can safely say no matter when or how he makes his, his comeback, in other words, like whatever vehicle or venue he decides to do that with, it's going to make national news headlines. There's yes. no getting around that for him. Dude, you so know what's crazy? now man. or wait a year, and it's going to be something that everybody's buzzing and talking about if he plants a new church or takes a position somewhere. Everybody's going to be talking about it for at least an hour and a half. You know, mm-hmm. Guys, let me just say this, man, just to, to draw this topic to a close and, and really to kind of put a bow on, on this program. Um, I hope his comeback goes better than Apollo Creed's comeback in Rocky IV. I mean, let's just say that. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, isn't it – I don't. I don't mean to call my own thing powerful, but but isn't that See, the implications a, of that statement? We could spend a whole podcast on, that. dude. It's huge, and you know when I was like, let's make uh, that a bonus episode that you two record. When I was at Driscoll's <laughs> pool, you know, playing playing catch with him uh, and his dogs in the pool, and he indicated that he wanted to make a comeback, and we went inside and we watched some film in his mansion, um, and I and I begged him not to. You know, he just moved forward with it, and and all we can do is uh, all we can do is support him. Alice, and hope that it goes better. I, I hope it does go better. Uh, I mean, I hope it goes as well as as could be imagined, just for everyone's sake. He's going to take his licks when he comes back. But like we all said earlier, we all we all actually do root for him. We just find a lot of humor and oddity in the process of him coming back. I actually hope it goes as well as Rocky Balboa's comeback in the film Rocky Balboa. Ooh, nice! Absolutely, yeah, that would be something. That's a sign off right there, Big T. We have wandered to and fro. Uh, It's been a great app, man. I've enjoyed uh, chatting about these things with you, uh, with you gentlemen. Anything, any last things to say before I sign it off? Do want to say thank you to Resonate Recordings again. Uh, Go to resonaterecordings.com and see the services that they offer. Uh, We appreciate their support of this podcast. 
And I would like to say thank you to Sylvester Stallone for continuing to make Rocky movies. So uh, have your people get in touch with this podcast. Maybe you two can uh, sponsor an episode. And uh, fellas, until next time, uh, Rachel the Held Evans. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.